Welcome to Let's Talk Family Law, your source for how to navigate the financial and legal implications of divorce, custody, asset division, and adoption. This podcast series is created and produced by Weber Gallagher. Visit us at wglaw.com. This program should not be considered legal advice. Please consult our attorneys for your specific situation. And now, here are our hosts. Hello, my name is Skip Persick. I am a partner in the Weber Gallagher Family Law Department, which is based in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. And uh, this podcast today is number three in a series of very introductory family law podcasts that uh, uh, I have been preparing and uh, disseminating through our marketing department. In my last uh, uh, podcast, I talked about selecting a family law attorney for your uh, family law issue. And today I'm going to kind of expand on that and take the next step, which is retaining a family law attorney. Let's assume that you've shopped around, you've been an intelligent consumer, and you've talked to uh, a couple of family law attorneys, and you've decided on one that you've liked. And you've said, okay, I want to retain this person to represent me in my divorce, custody case, child support case, whatever. And you've decided to retain that person. So now what do you do? Well, I'm assuming that you had a consultation with that person and you sat down and you talked to them. And uh, uh, most lawyers uh, charge for their consultation. Some charge their full hourly rate. Some have a set consult fee. Some even uh, still offer free consults. So uh, uh, they are they are your options relative to that. Uh, uh, at the conclusion, uh, you probably had some sort of uh, discussion about that or with that attorney about retaining that attorney for your matter, and uh, uh, realize that even though you did consult with one particular attorney, you're not obligated to stick with that attorney. You can meet with a couple of different attorneys. You can decide which one you like, and then you can move on from there. Um, uh, same way, the attorney does not have to offer you representation. It might be that your matter is too complicated. The attorney didn't feel that your personalities uh, uh, were sufficiently in sync such that, uh, that that person could work with you. For whatever reason, they are not required to, uh, to retain you as a client, and you're not required to retain them as an attorney. The, uh, the formality of the relationship is set up through uh, what is called a fee letter or a retainer letter or retainer agreement. It takes a couple of different uh, forms or different names, but what it is is a letter that is essentially a contract between you and the attorney uh, relative to the representation. And uh, uh, in that letter, uh, a number of things need to be spelled out. Uh, one of them is uh, what the, uh, the, the hourly rate is that the attorney is going to charge you that needs to be specified in writing in the letter. Additionally, uh, just about all attorneys are going to require some form of a retainer. A retainer is an amount of money that you will post with the attorney and the attorney will bill hourly against that retainer uh, and to take their fee. Now, some attorneys have the retainer set aside and do not bill against that uh, until at the end or some other point. However, my firm and most firms take in an amount uh, that, uh, that is, is, is sufficient to uh, buy and reserve an amount of time uh, 
for that attorney, for you and your matter. Um, retainers vary based on uh, the complexity of the matter, the, uh, the, 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 the experience of the attorney. Uh, some of it is, is based on how much uh, or how uh, well the attorney gets along with opposing counsel. It might be that uh, your uh, spouse, significant other, whatever, has a uh, as an attorney who is notorious as uh, somebody that uh, runs things up and down the flagpole and uh, makes things as difficult as possible, and therefore your attorney is going to ask for a higher retainer. Um, uh, retainers are, as I said, there's nothing set in stone other than what is in your fee letter as to what your retainer is. Retainers can be refundable or non-refundable. Let's assume that your matter gets done, your attorney has charged you a $5,000 retainer, however, has only used about 2,500 of that. Uh, it would sp specify in your uh, fee letter whether or not that, that balance is refundable to you or whether it's not refundable to you. So that's something to keep in mind and to look at. And uh, uh, I certainly invite you to and encourage you to uh, read thoroughly any fee letter that any attorney hands to you uh, or emails to you. Uh, it also will say in that retainer letter what the attorney is retained for. It might be that you first talk to the attorney about a child custody matter, and later that develops into a child support matter. And the attorney says, wait a second, I quoted you a $2,500 retainer for your custody matter. Uh, you're now asking me about support. I'm going to have to ask you for another $2,500 and uh, uh, expand the representation. So uh, as I said, is that the retainer letter is a contract between you uh, and your lawyer and specifies what the lawyer is going to do and what you're going to do for the lawyer. Um, additionally, uh, kind of stepping back a little bit, we talked a little bit about you going in and meeting with that attorney for the first time. Um, I have a number of people who come in and see me and then it's merely a consult. They are not looking for representation right then and there. They are just looking for some advice for that point in time. They may come back in a few months. I've had people come back in a few years. Uh, you know, things change. They were ready. They weren't really ready to move at that point in time. They just wanted to know the implications of divorce or child custody or whatever it may be. And uh, 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 I gave them the information that they wanted and uh, their situation changed a little bit and they came back. Um, so as I said, is that uh, there's a number of different things that uh, uh, can happen. Uh, I had mentioned a moment or two ago about um, uh, a retainer. Some people ask me about what's called a contingency fee uh, in a divorce case. Now, a contingency fee is not permitted in a family law matter. Uh, attorneys in family law cases have to charge their time on an hourly basis. A contingency fee is a situation where the lawyer would take a percentage of whatever is uh uh, is, is obtained for the client at the conclusion of the representation. Contingency fees are very common in personal injury cases. Let's say that somebody settles a case uh, for a client for $100,000. Their contingency fee is 30%. The attorney would get $30,000. The client would get $70,000. Again, that has to be spelled out in writing as well. 
Uh, but that is not a situation that is applicable to a divorce case. A uh, family law attorney cannot say, look, I'll get you X number of dollars per month in child support. And out of that, you will pay me some percentage. That, that's, that's not permitted under the uh, Pennsylvania lawyers' rules of professional conduct. So that, 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 that can't be done. It has to be spelled out hourly. Uh, the fee letter will also spell out things about billing. Uh, attorneys bill in different increments of time. Realize that an attorney's only inventory is his or her time. That's all they have to sell. So that's what they are charging for. They, uh, 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 some attorneys charge uh, in uh, quarter hour increments, some charge in a sixth or a 0.1 or a 0.2 uh, as the uh, fraction of the hour. Some attorneys charge in half hour uh, increments. That should be spelled out in the fee letter. Uh, additionally, uh, I have seen fee letters and I know attorneys who charge minimum charges for certain types of tasks, such as uh, any pleading is a minimum of one, a preparation of any pleading, such as a divorce complaint or a child custody petition, that is uh, billed at a minimum of one hour. It also might be that any court appearance is billed as a minimum, such as one hour or two hours. That Again, that, that's something that should be spelled out in the fee letter, or at the very least that you should ask your uh, attorney about if you have a question. Uh, also, it should say in the fee letter how often you are going to get billed and how often the attorney is going to uh, 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 register their time against your retainer. Uh, we here at Weber Gallagher, we bill on a monthly basis. Once a month, we send bills out to clients, either email or regular mail, and they see where they stand relative to the balance of their retainer. And they also see whether they uh, have much left or whether uh, they uh, are in a situation where they start to owe the firm money. And that's another thing that should be spelled out in the fee letter and that you should understand before you enter, enter, enter into any sort of a representation uh, with a lawyer is what happens after the retainer runs out. There are attorneys out there who can carry you for a period of time after your, your retainer runs out. Usually that happens when it's a divorce case and you have certain assets or sufficient assets such that the lawyer feels comfortable that he or she is going to get paid. It might be that you have a house that's going to be sold and there's going to be some sale proceeds of which you will receive. Maybe that there are investment or bank accounts that uh, the attorney looks at and sees that they're there and okay, there's money in this case. Uh, and, and therefore I can carry the person for a period of time, uh, but realize that I don't think any attorney can uh, run up a significant account receivable relative to a client with no payment. Uh, the uh, attorney is going to want to get some sort of money in the door on a regular basis. And also uh, let's assume that uh, you do carry some sort of a balance with your attorney. Is there interest charged on that? Just like there would be on a credit card or a bank loan or whatever, that should be spelled out in the fee letter. Um, as I said, is that the fee letter is a contract between you and the attorney that spells out what the attorney's responsibilities are to you and what your uh, responsibilities are to the attorney. And I just in, and I was looking over my notes here, and it looks like uh, that is the basics of retaining a lawyer and um, uh, 
retaining a lawyer and, and making sure that the financial arrangements between the two of you do not become a strain and a strain on the relationship, the attorney-client relationship, because there are issues with billing. Realize in conclusion that lawyers are business people. They want to help you. They want to help you get through your legal situation. They want to help you through that divorce. They want to help you through that difficult child custody case. However, they are business people and they are there to make money. If you realize that and you are willing to accept that, then your relationship with any lawyer that you retain should be a healthy and productive one and help get you to the point where uh, you have closure on your issue. And again, my name is Skip Persick. I am a partner in the Weber Gallagher Family Law Department in King of Prussia, PA. You can reach me at S-P-E-R-S-I-C-K at WGLAW.com or 610-278-1503. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk Family Law, presented by Weber Gallagher. We hope you join us next time to learn more about how to navigate the financial and legal implications of divorce, custody, asset division, and adoption. Until then, please visit us at WGLaw.com.